Thank you for joining us today on Drawing Near. This podcast is designed to help us draw near to God through the study and application of His Word. If you have any questions or comments about today's study or spiritual things in general, feel free to contact me through my email address in the description section of this podcast. We have already witnessed Jesus' instructions to his 12 disciples before he sent them out to heal, cast out demons, and proclaim the kingdom. But the 12 were not the only disciples that Jesus had, nor were they the only ones he sent out. Today on Drawing Near, Jesus instructs the 70, and by doing so, clarifies some things for us. Please take your Bible and turn to Luke chapter 10 as we study the 70 sent out. And as we prepare for today's study, let's pray together. And Father, we give thanks to you for these passages of Scripture that instruct us, that help us to visually imagine all that was going on around Jesus, the number of his disciples, how he worked in them, the instructions he gave them. Father, we are grateful that Jesus not only had the 12, but the 70 and many more. And Father, we're thankful that we are his disciples today. We follow him, we hear his instruction, his word, and we seek to obey. Work in our hearts and lives through your spirit and your word to help us to mature and to be fully faithful and obedient. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Let's begin our study by looking at Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Luke writes, After these things the Lord appointed seventy others also, and sent them two by two before his face, into every city and place where he himself was about to go. Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, was an itinerant preacher. He traveled around from city to city, village to village, proclaiming the gospel, healing the sick, casting out demons. As he was preparing to go into a lot of different cities, a lot of different villages, he appointed 70 disciples. Probably among the 70 were the primary 12 disciples, But he appointed 70, and he teamed them up into groups of two, and so he had 35 teams that he was sending out before him, preparing the cities as he himself was getting ready to go and preach and work in these various cities. In verse 2, he gives them instructions, very similar instructions to what we've already seen. He said to them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. He's saying there's a great many people out there who are ready to receive the kingdom of God, ready to receive the gospel or the Messiah. He says the harvest truly is great. The seed has been sown, the crops have come up, and there's much to harvest. But there aren't enough laborers to go out into these spiritual fields, into these towns, and harvest. And so he tells the 70, that the first thing he wants them to know is that they are to pray that the Lord of the harvest, that the Holy Spirit, would send out additional laborers into the fields to help harvest all of those who are coming to faith in Christ. In verse 3, he says, go your way. He's sending them out. And he gives them the following instructions. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. In other words, you're going out and you're vulnerable. The world out there are wolves. They're ravenous beasts. They want to destroy you. They want to persecute you, reject your message. In verse 4, carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the road. Now, the first part of this is very reminiscent of what we've already seen. 
Don't take any personal provisions. He's going to instruct them that wherever they go, they're to take the food, take the resources that are offered to them from the various peoples in these villages. And so he tells them, don't carry a money bag, no knapsack for food, no sandals. Don't take any extra provisions. And then he says, and greet no one along the road. And honestly, I have no idea what he's talking about here, except maybe make haste. Don't dilly-dally. Don't just stop and greet people along the road and get sidetracked. Now, that may or may not be what he means. But in verse 5, he continues this idea of being dependent upon those to whom they are going. He says, but whatever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. If not, it will return to you. And so as they go into these various towns and villages, they are literally to go into a house, whatever house is open to them, maybe open to them to stay, maybe just visiting as they're sharing in the ministry, sharing the word, the good news of the kingdom. But whatever house they enter, the first thing they're to say is, peace to this house. And it seems that through the work of the Holy Spirit, they are going to use this phrase as a test to see whether or not this place is conducive for their ministry, is conducive or is being used by the Holy Spirit for purposes of providing for these people. He says, first say, peace to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest on it. But if a son of peace is not there, it will return to you. So this test is going to be used to determine what kind of inhabitants are in the house and whether or not they're to associate with them. Verse 7, He says, and if the son of peace is there, I'm assuming, remain in the same house, eating and drinking such things as they give, for the laborer is worthy of his wage. Do not go from house to house. So they're to find a house where the son of peace is, where someone who is led by the Holy Spirit, somebody who is sympathetic to what the Lord is doing, they're to enter that house. And when they enter the house, they are to remain there. They're not to go from this house to this house to this house to this house. Go to one house in a city and stay there. And they're to eat and drink such things as they give. They're not to be picky. They're not to be petty. They're not to reject food. They're not to have special requests. They're simply to eat and drink whatever things they offer. And the reasoning behind this, first of all, is they are laborers on behalf of the kingdom of God. And God is going to provide for their needs because they're his laborers, and a laborer is worthy of his wage. In verse 8, they are told this, Whatever city you enter, and they receive you, eat such things as are set before you, and heal the sick there, and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near you. So they're to preach the kingdom of God, they're to heal and do the works that Jesus Christ has demonstrated before them, This is testimony that they are from God and that the power and authenticity of God is upon their words and their works. And so they go to these towns, they find a house, they eat and drink what's provided. They do not go from house to house. When they enter into a city, they're to receive whatever is offered before them and they're to do ministry just like what we've seen Jesus do. They're to heal the sick and proclaim the kingdom of God. In verse 10, we see something that we've seen before. And whatever city you enter, and they do not receive you, go out into its streets and say, The very dust of your city, which clings to us, we wipe off against you. 
They're to testify verbally that they're shaking the dust from their feet. They're rejecting that city because they did not receive the disciples that were sent out by Jesus. They did not receive representatives of God's kingdom. He further instructs his disciples, not only are they to wipe the dust from their feet, but they are to proclaim, nevertheless know this, that the kingdom of God has come near you. You have rejected us, but the kingdom of God was in your presence, and it's the kingdom of God that you rejected. Jesus comforts his disciples. He counsels them in verse 12. But I say to you that it will be more tolerable in the days of Sodom than for that city. Imagine those words. It's more tolerable for Sodom and its wickedness, a wickedness that was destroyed by fiery brimstone from heaven. It's more tolerable for Sodom in the day of judgment than for these cities who rejected the disciples sent out by Jesus Christ, ambassadors of the kingdom of God. These individuals should recognize the things of God. The citizens of these cities had heard prophecies concerning the Messiah and the coming kingdom. They had been prepared for this, and even though they were prepared, some of them were going to reject, and it was going to be better for those of Sodom than those who rejected in the judgment. What an amazing testimony. What an amazing thing. To whom much is given, much is required. These Israelites to whom the 70 were going out, they had been given much. The word of God, the prophets, the prophecies concerning the Messiah, and now the Messiah was here and much was required of them, more so than even those of Sodom and Gomorrah. Father, I pray that you would help us to understand the grave responsibility that we have, not only to receive your word and your messengers as they come to us, but we are also, Father, as your children, as your disciples, to be ambassadors in this world, to be ministers of reconciliation, and to proclaim the truth of your word. We're not necessarily to go out city to city, country to country. Some certainly are, but we have a missionary field right in our neighborhood, right in our community, if we will simply be obedient and listen to the Lord of the harvest and go out into the harvest, because truly the harvest is still great today. Father, we thank you for this. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for studying with us today. You can subscribe to these podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, or the Facebook page Drawing Near. Drawing Near is a ministry of FBC Tip City provided with the hope that we will draw near to God and He will draw near to us.